Hi everyone, good evening. Welcome back to Broadcast. I'm Billy Kirkwood uh, and of course this week we're joined by our special guest. Uh, please welcome, if you would, please welcome uh, Mikey Demas. Mikey, how the devil are you? Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, not too bad, not too bad. It's as all right as we can be in this sort of wild and crazy situation we find ourselves in. <laughs> uh, now, lots and lots of people really excited about you coming on the show. We have got a lot to cover because you're very much a, a renaissance man almost uh you said right now at home you're you're very busy yeah it's weird i've you know i've got loads of time to do stuff now so i'm turning my hand to all kinds of things i've sort of put off for ages and you know i've just moved house um right obviously i'm a dad as well so um you know parenting writing music building effects pedals <laughs> um all the above really yeah the week goes quickly i did i i think the worst part is about it is i don't know what day of the week it is like today i've like I've, i thought it was sunday all day honestly oh really <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah every day kind of feels like sunday so i'm kind of screwing up my calendar a bit oh no it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird for where i am because i'm a dad as well and the kids technically went back to school today okay. uh, and it's kind of like are we doing that? Because I'm not really a teacher. Like I don't know, but we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, <laughs> like I think the best thing would be to to start uh, at the beginning as much as we can. Uh, where is it you grew up? Uh, I grew up just outside of Oxford in England. Um, I was there till probably about the age of sixteen. Um, I grew up in a small town called Wantage, which okay. is like that's where I went to school. That's like. Uh, yeah, my parents just moved there from various places to to make sense for where they were working. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, then I moved to Reading for a while for about four or five years. Yeah, and then um, and then I moved to Newport when um, when I joined the band. And I joined Skindred, and I was there for about six or seven years on and off. Right, and then uh, yeah, I've sort of found myself. I live in Brighton now, so yeah, um, oh. I've been here for quite a long time now. So when do you think sort of, where would you say you did the majority of your sort of growing up or sort of developing? Is there a, is there a big, would you say, is there a, a difference between you and, and mum and dad or are they very much in a sort of similar vein in terms of lifestyle and attitude? Oh, God, no, I'm quite different to, to both, to all my family in some ways. I mean, we're all quite creative in our own ways, but yeah, I think my our generation just were kind of, we were kind of allowed to do things that um, maybe our parents wouldn't have even dreamt of turning their hands to, you know. All oh, right, I cool. don't know. I don't. I think my dad would have loved to have, um, you know, played guitar for a living, but I just don't think he had the kind of upbringing where that would have even have been an option. So I'm quite lucky that that was kind of something that I could get away with. <laughs> <laughs> so where was the sort of origins of your sort of taste in music or your interest in music where do you think that really sort of came from those those early sort of stages because we hear about lots of people that uh, comes from very different places where would you think your origins of music come from your sort of taste your desire your passion um i think from my dad probably you know there was always music playing in the car and in the house and my dad played a bit of guitar and he taught me a little bit that started me off okay and sort of took it from there and you know obviously you grow up with kind of your parents' music, some people yeah. do. I what was that? What was Dad into? What kind of so, things was Dad into? Rock and roll, punk rock. You know, anything from like 50, stuff from the fifties all the way up to, okay. you know, sixties and seventies, really. So a lot of a lot of Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and right. um, you know Elvis Costello, Chuck Berry, things like oh, that. Nice. Um, 
Sex Pistols, you know, you name it really. And yeah, it wasn't until I sort of was a teenager when I started sort of discovering my own music, if you like. And yeah. that's where I got into things like Rage Against the Machine and Soundgarden and all that whole kind of 90s, you know, guitar alternative thing, which sort of was a great time for guitar music, you know, in the 90s. Um, and yeah, also bands from the UK. Like I was really, you know, I'm a massive fan of Graham Coxon from Blur and, yeah. you know, bands that were really blowing up in the UK as well. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of guys who play Telecasters, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's always <laughs> the thing that kind of got me excited. Um, yeah. And then I kind of got into heavier music. And, yes. And this is where I find myself, you know. But I grew up with a lot of um, like blues and soul, you know, and it's always been a big big component of what i'm into really i'm always i've always been into songs more so than like shredders or anything like that you know? got you so yeah, i'm always a always a fan of like a well-written song a good three minute song in and out <laughs> do, do you think that there's a specific song that if you never asked the question one that you find was like a big influence or you go that one that one right there uh do you think you have a song like that because lots of artists say they do like a specific song that they think really inspired them or that's my one do you have one, uh, do you think? Not, I mean, not one so much when I was growing up. As an adult, I could probably narrow it down now. But, I mean, when I was growing up, I was obviously, I was really into punk rock. And yeah. I really liked the idea of, you know, like three three-minute songs, simple songs, you know, Ramones and Sex Pistols, stuff like that. But I think on reflection, it's a weird one, but my, one of my favourite songs now, probably my favourite song that is um, actually a Dinah Washington song called uh, What a Difference a Day Makes. Because okay. it's... Um, it's like it's two and a half minutes and it's got everything in there it's got like you know it's an earworm it's got it's got joy it's got melancholy it's got everything and it's in and out in like two and a half minutes and it's kind of perfection and it's yeah it gives me goosebumps that song but even though it's not like a rock song or anything it's just you know it's a woman singing with a sort of small orchestra <laughs> yeah 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 makes you feel makes you feel yeah. and, and that's not, what it it's rock and roll in a different way you know <laughs> yeah, mate, that's how you feel. So, um, obviously, you grew up uh, and you, you you moved on. When did you think, you know, this is something I want to pursue as a career? I mean, you're obviously very passionate about it. You're playing music. But when do you think, this is something I want to do? I mean, obviously, you end up working with, with Skindred. But was there any bands before that? Was there any moments sort of on that journey that made you go, yeah, this is the direction? Um, I mean, I've been in bands since I was sort of, are brave enough to sort of stand up in front of people and play a guitar really i've been playing guitar since i was about 11 um and i think probably was in my first band when i was about 14 or 15. And what were the and names like, what were the names what was the band's name i'm always interested i was in a band called um gibbon as in the type of monkey all right yeah yeah <laughs> and then i was in a band after that i was in a band with my sister and a couple of friends from college um called stufa which like which was like Harry Hill's cat I was named after. Yeah, that's right. Stay for the yeah, cat. Stay for the cat. And um, yeah, and and then I, I joined Skindred after that. So I was only ever in. Oh, I was in a band called um, Sounds Like Kong as well, <laughs> which is a Goonies, right. a Goonies reference. Um, and yeah, but nothing that nothing huge at all. It was more sort of local opener bands, you know, yeah. just getting in the back of a couple of cars and borrowing other people's equipment and playing and that kind of thing. But at no point was I like, this is going to be my career yeah. at all. I just, I love, love jumping around with a guitar. And um, yeah, I suppose 
it wasn't really a kind of career mindset so much as how can I avoid anything real or grown up or any kind of real responsibility. And then when I got an offer to join, you know, this band in South Wales when I was about 20, yeah. I was like, this, you know, and I was at the time I was actually working right, full time as a graphic designer. Um, oh right in, yeah in oxford i'd moved back to oxford at that point and um, okay um i was working full-time doing that which i really loved um but then i got this offer to do this band and i you know jumped at the chance and i i got rid of my really nice flat in the center of oxford and ditched this sort of well-paid job and went and lived on my mate's sofa for about two and a half years to do <laughs> to play music and I would say for a living, but it was I didn't make a living out of it for a very long time. It was probably about three or four years before I ever saw a penny, really. But it was just surviving on the kindness of strangers and friends and family and making it work. Because that's sort of part of it, really, you know. Yeah. Getting any kind of financial comeback from playing music is, is, the, is the road I travelled. Yeah, it like, yeah, it wasn't a career. I didn't really have a... I mean, everyone has aspirations, I suppose. Yeah. That's why you pick up a guitar in the first place is to kind of go, you know, uh, I want to do want to do uh, a band, want to be a rock star. But you never really think, right, here's what I'm going to do to make it happen. It just happened to me. And I was, you know, just went with it and just yeah. avoid it. Just, you know, just was tenacious, uh, if anything else. It's part, I think the creative industries, particularly the, the music industry, are probably one of the few ones where you'll work for free for so long um, oh <laughs> without getting anything back. And people, when you talk to them about it in the real world and you go, oh, yeah, I do this for free. I'm doing this for exposure. I mean, you wouldn't ask anyone to do that in an office. You know, they'd start a fire and burn the place down. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but you have to do it. It's, it's about driving that passion and getting that experience. And uh, so when do you, how do you feel when you think, Skindred's kind of things are kind of starting to move here. I don't know the sort um, of some of the jigsaw puzzles are coming together. Uh, I guess like around sort of two thousand and four, we were um, we were touring in the US a lot. I was in the US for mm. like nine out of, nine months out of the year for a couple of years, most right. you know for the early two thousands because we had um, US management, US representation, we were on a US label. And it was very much a, a you know U.S. A state of state of mind we had about just sort of making it work over there, and we bounced between all kinds of big support tours. You know, we'd done we, were, we did like an arena tour with Corn. We were out with Seven Dust. We'd done you know we were we were doing all kinds of big stuff, and you know our song was on, our songs were on the radio, and the album was doing really well. Um, yeah, I guess just looking back that was a big sort of pinch yourself moment of just seeing that all all happen really um i'm con i'm constantly thinking you know that is actually happening constantly yeah. to this day you know even like 20 years later almost i'm like this is mental <laughs> yeah it's it's weird when people yourself. say you can't you can't almost you can't almost enjoy the big moments because it's almost like you're waiting on somebody going Right, that's you. Away you go. Yeah. Oh, great! Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a great run. Thank you. But uh... up, Mike, time for school. Time for school. <laughs> uh, but look, uh, obviously the the music's going well. But then you go, well, I'm getting somewhere in this industry. But then there's a completely <laughs> under industry that you then go back into. You mentioned the fact that you'd been a, a graphic designer, and then of course uh, the pedal company. Um, yeah, yeah. Red, so... red, red beard effects. When when did that become? A sort of part of you know what 
I'd like to do this as well as what I'm doing with the music, although obviously they're connected. So weirdly enough, I was introduced to um, a friend of mine now who, um, called Rob Chapman, who's a big uh, YouTube guitar person. Um, he's a friend of mine now. Um, and I was sort of, I was offered a gig to sort of play rhythm guitar in one, in one of his projects, which I did for a little while, a couple of years ago. And we were playing a show out in Norway. And I was sat on the, you know, sat on a plane next to Rob the whole way there. And he was sort of just putting ideas in my head, really. And he was like, you know, why did, have you ever thought about doing anything like that? And I thought, wow. And I gave him a load of reasons why it wouldn't work or I couldn't do it. And then he sort of systematically just removed every reason why it wouldn't work and just was like, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I came away from that going, actually, yeah, I hadn't even thought about realistically doing something like that. And then put a lot of thought into it and um, approached another friend of mine, Adrian Thorpe of Thorpey Effects about getting some advice to to get that idea off the ground. And we talked about it. And then a few weeks later, um, Thorpey came back to me and said, um, I want to do this with you. I want to, you know, I want to start this business with you and let's do it properly. Uh, you know, I think he probably thought I couldn't do it without him. And he was probably right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, quite quickly, we sort of turned the idea into pedal designs and the whole brand and you know obviously he had the infrastructure already existing with his own company that um yeah allowed us to kind of i kind of you know we kind of piggy uh piggybacked onto that and um yeah quite quickly it went from talking to doing and before you know it we've got pedals like actually in stores around the world and it's actually a thing i can't i'm still kind of like how did you know how did that happen <laughs> So that's yeah, that's that's two industries that you're already thinking. How is this going on? Uh, yeah. But 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 it's amazing. It's what I love is is it's all kind of connected with your almost your own sort of personal image. Obviously, I mean we've got to talk about it. Redbeard effects, and we're looking. Oh, there we go. There's a shirt. There's a shirt. <laughs> uh, it's all I tied wear one in. Of these every day. It's not like coincidence. I wear this all the time. Honestly. Well, I'm going to get in some trouble from the Broadbeard guys because I've got my LeChuck t-shirt from uh, Monkey Island. Uh, oh, nice. so I, LeChuck's Revenge, very good. Le, LeChuck's Revenge. Uh, I could show you my tattoo, but we don't have the time. Um, but, Guy uh, Brush Threepwood. Guy Brush Threepwood. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a nerd. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. But, uh, um, but we've got to talk about the beard. We've got to talk about the beard. Now, it comes slightly from a technical point of view, I guess, when we go into like these alternative worlds or particularly the creative worlds and all that, people have a look that they're able to establish for themselves, which is personal, which they're passionate about. Right. Uh, um, obviously, they get to you know you get to be who who you want to be, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the best things about it. When do you think that there's a shift from obviously you know we I've, I'll come out and say it as a as a Scotsman, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you've got an image of someone that's from Oxford, no disrespect, image of someone <laughs> that will come from Oxford. Uh, and the gentleman I'm looking at now, i delighted to say, would break that mould, I would say. <laughs> uh, when did you think, um, you know, I obviously you're in a band, so we, we can establish it, but when did you start going for, for this beast on your chin that we have? So... Uh... It was not, again, it wasn't really by design. It was sort of a happy accident, really, where yeah. um, when I was sort of in my mid-20s, like, uh, I, I had, like, a mohawk. And, um, you know, I, I was, I, I caught a photo of myself from behind one day that someone had taken. And I had this massive, like, massive balding patch going at the back. 
that no one had told me about. And I was like, is that what I look like? West the, like, right. the Mohawk. Yeah, there was just like this massive, I, I didn't realise, but I totally was losing my hair, you know, and it right. totally thinned out of the back. And I just thought, oh, my God. And right then and there, I realised that I was going, you know, losing my hair pretty much. So that week, I just shaved my head, never looked back. And I thought, well, that's gone. I can't, I can't be doing with that. That's no good. So I sort of had the skinhead look for a while. No. And then and then I just started growing this beard and it sort of grew and it grew and it grew and it grew and it just kept growing and I just went with it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I didn't re- you know, never thought I was capable of growing this great big beard and <laughs> never really tried before, but here it is. And but, people seem to dig it, so I'm kinda like it's kinda become part of my whole deal now, you know. Yeah. Um and yeah, it seems to have afforded me nothing but great opportunities. So I'm sort of stuck with it. You know? It would be a problem uh, if it fell out. I'll be honest. Oh yeah, well definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, wh- where did where did I mean? There's always that point where you go, oh, I'm growing the beard, uh, and then it just keeps going and going and going. Um, you said it wasn't a decision, but one of the things you have to start doing is you have to start looking after uh, that yeah. the, these bad boys, which might not seem very rock and roll to some people, but right. if you want these things to look nice, you have to, because especially yeah. if you're going out on stage, facing the public, and it's uh, it's it's always funny that a, a friend of mine who has a he has a, a a good nine inch beard now uh, always says you never ever see anyone in Sons of Anarchy stopping to put oil in, and it's like it's it's a it's a it's a fair point, but <laughs> you have to think at some point they did. Uh, when did you? What was your sort of regime going into? I've got I've got to start looking after this. It's part of it's part of my and I hate using this term brand, but no, it no, is, no, totally. it, it's part totally. of the brand. Totally. And for the longest time, I didn't do anything really, you know, um, I kind of shied away from any kind of maintenance or any kind of regime or any kind of care, really, because like you say, I didn't consider it to be very rock and roll. I just was like, you know, I I wasn't I've never really been into the idea of, you know, like some hipster running his fingers through my through my face and kind of sorting (laughs) me out, you know, and even now you can see I'm really unkempt because we're all strapped inside. But um. A couple, about you know, a couple of years ago, I sort of was catching again photos of myself on stage, and my beard looked really like out of control and didn't look good. And you know, what, the way you sort of look at yourself in the mirror before you go and do your thing, and then two minutes later, it's sort of half of it's over there, half is over here, it's blown all over the place. It's like this ain't good, you know. It's like catching yourself from your bad side and going, nah, yeah, yeah. I got to get this under control. So, you know, then I did start going to see someone regularly to kind of keep it under control keep it trimmed because it was a hell of a lot longer i mean it was down to about here yeah yeah. it was like there was like two of them and they were really really hard to control and it did its own thing and it it looked unkempt and um yeah i kind of just took a lot of the length off and even now it's a bit overgrown and it's a little bit wonky um from a from a technical point of view this is going to sound like a silly question but when it was that lot longer and you were obviously in full flow with uh the band and the drums and what have you did it cause you any issues do you know what? Never really on stage. I mean, I I found it cause my beard causes me more issues just in day to day life. Really, like you know, eating, going to bed. <laughs> that's the that's the point where you like you find yourself like pulling it or getting stuff stuck in it. And those are the moments where you just want to take it off and hang it up. You know, like <laughs> just hang it off at the, at, the, at the side of the bed. Um, but no, generally on stage, I've, other than it may be blowing around in the wind sometimes if you're outdoors, but. You know, it's not really a big deal. I just kind of get on with it. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't really until a couple of years ago I really started 
giving a shit and and really taking a bit more care you know and like you know like i said this lockdown's kind of thrown that a little bit because i'm like i kind of like the whole thing of going to see my my guy now and he sorts me out <laughs> but i haven't been able to so i'm kind of diying it again all right okay uh I, th- I think we all are that's the mental that's the mm. mental thing um so you want to add to obviously you've got the product range with red beard effect you've got the, the music going um yeah. when did you sort of become aware of Brobeard? i think be the first thing because first of all you add to your product range because we've got the uh um the red well, we can show it right here uh, yeah I, I don't know i think i'm doing a, a very good job of that um you've got your own red beard uh red beard them uh, Medium, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I... so myself and Thorpey, uh, my business partner, we're both um, both big fans of, like science and uh, you know the periodic table, that kind of thing. We're kind of geeky, and um, something we wanted to kind of do for our pedals was we kind of wanted to have a kind of a theme that runs through all of them, and we kind of had this idea like they're powered by red beardium, like this sort of imaginary um, <laughs> uh, element that we sort of made up, and and then you know. I've obviously known John for John from um, Broadbeard for a while, and he's yeah. very kindly sent me all kinds of bits and pieces over the years, which I've gratefully received and um, always enjoyed using. Um, and then when when I launched Redbeard Effects, kind of we wanted to um, Thorpe and I wanted a couple of other just things in our line that we could. If someone comes to the website and they can't necessarily, they're not decided on a pedal, or they're, they're maybe not even a guitar player, or you know any kind of musician at all, but Maybe they want some kind of memorabilia or yeah. some kind of some merch. It just seemed like an obvious thing, really. Um, and so I reached out to John to to you know concoct us something special. And yeah, he was really really stoked to be you know involved. And it, we but we we turned it around really quickly, and it was a thing again, just like that. You know, an idea turned into an actual physical thing really quick. And yeah, it's proven to be really popular and. Um, yeah, I think it was a, no. It was just the unique thing that no one else was really doing. You know, yeah. no other, no other kind of guitar product manufacturer was kind of doing that. And you know, it's just something I could really get behind. And it was a nice little thing to have in our accessories range. I I gotta say that when uh, when I got uh, when I got sent the the ball the other day, I thought it was very cool. It was very look. It reminded me of the TV show Look Around You. It was a uh, an element that didn't exist. Like it should like somewhere I saw a periodic table that someone's looking at for the first time ever, and going, "What the hell is Red Beardium?" Uh, I thought it was very very cool. Uh, and in terms of brand, and it's still available. I'm told. I'm still uh, you can still uh, grab some if you want yeah. to head over to broadbeards.com. Uh, and of course, I'm sure you can uh, get it via uh, your site as well. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah you can get it um, over at redbeardeffects.com as well. Smells smells really nice. Smells really nice. Uh, oh, right. Well, uh, it's yeah, it's very nice. I mean, I've got to put everything in my mustache right now, which I've grown purely for my own amusement. So it seems. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Seems to be the way it goes. No, my luck. It's going to be right down there. Uh, but you were talking about other things. Just just quickly, so we can know a little bit more uh, about you're talking about your other passions. Bit of a geek. Uh, I um, if, if you're okay with my using that term, I feel oh, it's, course, yeah, I, yeah, I feel it's my world as well. So I could I could use that cheerfully. Um, what are your other sort of passions that you're into, as well as music, as well as putting together the pedals and what have you? You sound like you're a busy man. What do you do in terms of unwind? What is your sort of passions? Um, I mean, I cook a lot. Um, I ride a motorbike, and you know, in between looking after my daughter as well. There's not really a lot of time for a lot of other no. things, really, but. Um, 
I'm lucky that I live down by the beach, you know, so great. the weather's great at the moment. I've, in the last few weeks, I've been I've been outside as much as I'm allowed to be, you know, going yeah. for a walk, exercising and so on. Yeah. Um, just doing that. But, yeah, if, you know, I'm a petrohead. I love taking things to pieces and breaking them and then figuring out how to put them back together again and that kind of thing. I do a bit of gaming when I've got any time to spare. Great you know. stuff. How old is uh, how old is your daughter? If you don't mind she's, me asking, she's four in a couple of months. Oh my god, she's very small. Yeah, uh, she's uh, is, is she showing any signs of getting into the things that daddy's into yet, or is it? I mean, she knows about pedals and she knows about beards, uh, and she knows about guitars and she knows about motorbikes. But right. I don't know. That, I don't know whether she has any um, interest in any of them. But she knows yeah. what they are, and she can. And she, we can have little chats about them all the time. Right. Which is quite exciting, you know. The fact that she knows what guitar pedals are, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's, that's a good sign. <laughs> but she likes that's playing a... with them, you know. You know, you plug a guitar into a couple of pedals and that go wild, you know. She doesn't really play an instrument, but uh, who doesn't like twiddling knobs and making funny noises? Everyone likes that. Exactly, exactly. It's much better than an activity teddy, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> or, or that type of thing. Uh, well, yeah. that's very cool. Well, we've got to ask as, as a sort of standard uh, question that we always ask. The beard is looking good. You say it's on camera, but I think it's looking great just now. Oh, um, um, obviously, you've got plenty of uh, red beard room in it. Again, making sure to get the I do have some, uh, some in my drawer, actually. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Uh, but what would be your sort of... Because uh, uh, for someone that has to live a sort of mix of different lives life on the road uh life at home and what have you how do you look after that bad boy as we're sort of going from day to day from situation to situation what's your sort of go-to in order to uh to get it looking good um well i kind of i only wash it uh, you know maybe once or twice a week not too often I don't want to dry it out more than anything the hair tends to look after itself but more i'm finding like that i have to like take care of like the, my, my skin underneath you know cause yeah Anyone who's grown a beard knows that um, it gets itchy, it gets irritated, or it gets you know fed up, and you have to show the, the face underneath a bit of love because it gets forgotten about. So you know, my girlfriend's been really awesome, and like, because I'm kind of like, I'm just, I'm not like Mister Self Care at the best of times. So my girlfriend's like, I found this really cool thing for your face, and you know, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a go, and then it's awesome. And I'm like, ah, damn it, she's got me again. <laughs> um, yeah, she's found me all kinds of really cool stuff to look after my face all kinds of balms and potions and things like that just to rub into there but um yeah i, I tend to use um i tend to use the red beardy and beard oil um most days just to kind of keep it looking and smelling nice yeah. um, i give you know i give myself a bit of a trim around the sides because i tend to go a little bit uncle albert around the sides if i let it go yeah got you. Got you. the length sort of is a bit slower but here i can go quite quickly so i have to stay on top of that yeah, yeah, I've never figured that out. I've never. I'm, I'm sure there's a technical reason for it. But we always go. We seem to be going this way quicker yeah. than going this way. I've never understood what that is. It just seems. It just. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, I think very, uh, very quickly. You, you were saying that you've got loads of things coming up, or you're, you're working on things. Anything we should be particularly looking out for that you've got coming up? Um, so obviously, skin dreads kind of. Uh you know, waiting to see what happens with uh, the COVID-19 situation. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, we're not getting on a plane anytime soon. We obviously had a lot of stuff coming up in Europe over the summer. There's yeah. a few festivals in August in the UK that I'm hoping, possibly hoping maybe might be still going on, depending on what the situation is going on. Um, we, we are putting together some stuff for the end of the year. Um, we're obviously writing at the moment, even being apart from one another. So we're doing that. 
Um, I'm working on my next pedal release. We've obviously got the Red Mist Mark IV, which is this one, which is oh uh, nice, which is a really gnarly um, drive distortion EQ pedal, which is available at RedbeardEffects.com. That's my kind of like high gain, really awesome. And, and is that just... is that available now? Is that available now? Yeah, yeah, that's available right now. Cool. And then we've got the uh, Honey Badger Octave Fuzz, which just came out at the beginning of this year. And that's a really aggressive fuzz with um, two octaves down and one octave down. So it's like a double sub-octave um, fuzz pedal, which is really, you don't really, there's not really another one like it. It's really gnarly yeah. and really awesome and fun. And we're working on our third pedal right now, which we're looking to hopefully release in the near future. I've got to say, I am absolutely loving these names. Uh, of the pedals, Red Mist, Honey Badger. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, keep, keep them covered. Keep them covered. The next uh, one's got a really good name. I can't even say. I can't say. Oh, no. Oh, the name okay. of the next one's really good. It's the best thing. <laughs> all right. Well, we're all going to have to look out for that. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I, I think the best thing to say would be, Becky, where can people get in touch? Where can people check out what you've got going on just now? Sounds like you've still got loads of things in the pipeline. Obviously, uh, Skin Dread uh, is working towards some new music, but they can still buy merch. They can still listen to the, the back catalogue and everything, yeah. of course, you're doing uh, Red Beard Effects. Where can people find you on social media and what you're up to? So my main kind of hangout is um, on Instagram, and that's just at Mikey Demas. Um, obviously, on there, I've got uh, there's a link in my bio, which pretty much links onto anything and everything that I'm involved with. Um, my bands, my 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 effects pedals, you name it, really. Um, so yeah, come check me out on there, basically. Come and give us a follow, and I will give you the goods. <laughs> That's what you want, though. Mikey, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you very much for talking to us. And uh, we, we look forward to finding out. What, I'm intrigued to find out what the next pedal is now. The way you <laughs> said it, and the you fact you. It. Yeah, I get. I don't know. That's you see. That's the thing. I get a feeling I'm gonna. I get the feeling I'm gonna now. Uh, mate, that's an absolute blast. Uh, again, thank you everyone for watching uh, the broadcast. Make sure. Remember, we're going to be back next Monday with another episode. You can find everything over at broadbeardsoil.com, and don't forget to head over to Instagram and check out our special guest, uh, Mikey Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. thank you very much. Have yourselves a great night. Bye. Cheers.